do is you can stand up on your feet this morning. Now, today is the third Sunday of the month. And whenever it's the third Sunday of the month, all of our kids are in with us for worship. And that's a good thing, amen? amen. We, we're a multi-generational church, and that means, although we have kids' church almost all the time, sometimes we just like everybody to be together. And that, that's good that we worship together. Now, now we do, uh, this morning, have communion uh, during worship. So uh, that'll, that'll be a good thing for our kids to be with us for that also. But we're, we're going to uh, spend time in... in worship and praise this morning. Let's start off with a word of prayer this morning. How about we do that? Lord, we thank you for another wonderful day that we can come and be in your house to worship you, to be together, to spend time in your word. And I just pray today simply that everybody's encouraged that, that you meet us here this morning and we are reminded once again of your love and your mercy and your grace and there is nothing too big for you. So I pray, Lord Jesus, that again, that you're just with us, that you inhabit our praise this morning. In a few moments as we, we take communion together, I just pray, Lord, again, once uh, reminded of, of the great work of the cross. <clears throat> Without you, we cannot be saved, but with you, all things are possible. So today we worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Corinthians 11 23 Paul writes for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant of my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And verse 27 says, Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, then so eat the bread and drink of the cup. The Lord gave us the command to do this in remembrance of him. And that we'll always proclaim his death until he comes again. So we stand in, the, in what the scriptures teach us, that Christ has died. Amen. That Christ rose from the dead. Amen. And Christ is coming again. Amen. And until that time that he comes again, we proclaim his death. And one of the ways we do it is participation of communion. But as Paul writes there that we got to be careful we don't do things in an unworthy manner. There, you know, whenever we gather in his name, there's a sacredness to our time together. I know there's a lot of fellowship and there's fun and there's laughter and these are good things, but there's a time of, of, of sacredness where we create sacred time and sacred space and sacred place because the presence of the Lord is with us. And Paul is, is encouraging us that whenever we do partake of the body and the blood of Jesus together, that we remember the sacredness of this. And we don't take it lightly. It's not trivial. It's not cliche. We actually would examine ourselves before we partake. Now, I believe that this is the table of the Lord, and I believe that it is an invitation for all who come, because I believe you can meet the Lord here. I do. This is the high point of our worship. This is the thing that Jesus commanded us to do. Of all the things that we do, we know we're to do this. Amen. 
But I also believe this is a place you can meet Jesus. It's a place that those who believe, you examine yourself before you come. So before we come this morning, I want you to do so. And examine your heart with the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And once we do that, we're going to take a moment and do that. You can come down and, and take some and go back to your seats. We'll partake of it together. But if you've got little ones and you want them to partake with you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow you a moment to personally talk to your little one about what this means. Because we want to raise them up in the admonition of the Lord. Amen? So let's just take a moment. Examine your heart if there are things in your life that of need of forgiveness. It's simple way. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Forgive me my sins. It's that simple. You don't have to say it like that. You can say it anyway. But invoke the forgiveness of God in your life as the Bible says that he is faithful, he is just, and will forgive us our sins. Amen? So let's do that for a moment. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, hear our prayers and hear our cries this morning. And for those that are reaching out for forgiveness this morning, we know that you hear and you respond and you forgive. And today is a new day of fresh start. The restart button has been pushed in their life. But I do pray at the congregation, Lord, that you do forgive us our sins. That we are striving forward as that, that bride of Christ that will be blameless and spotless in your eyes. And we know we have received righteousness from you. I pray, Lord, that we, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to do what we can do to live it out. So, Lord Jesus, forgive us our sins this morning. For your glory, for your name. Amen. And amen. So, if you would, as orderly as we can, kind of come down to the middle and, and take your elements. We have the traditional, but if you still want to use the, the package stuff, you, you're welcome to do that. And then head back to your seat. And, and again, if you have some little ones and you want them to partake, even if you don't, do take a couple moments, and I'll give you that couple moments to talk to your little ones about what this means and the significance of it.
Lord, stand up, please. We'll protect together this morning. body of Jesus, literal, physical death on a cross, in our place, substituted for us, perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins, amen? I'm always so thankful that when the scriptures talk about the wage of sin that is death, that Jesus fulfilled that for us so we could have life, life everlasting. Amen. The perfect sacrifice. And, and all, all the sacrificial system that we see leading up to Jesus in the Old Covenant, he perfectly fulfills it all. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your death on the cross. As Philippians 2 says, your willingness, your obedience to death on the cross in our place for us, for humanity as a whole, but for us as individuals also. We partake of the bread in remembrance of your bodily crucifixion. And we partake in thanksgiving. Let's partake together this morning. And this cup, representative of the blood of Jesus. For with bodily death came the shedding of his blood and, and right here it stands that the blood of Jesus that washes away all our sins and sets us free from our sins it is in the blood covenant that we stand it's in the blood covenant that we have life this, this cup represents blood which represents life but representing the perfect sacrifice of Jesus that we can live in the forgiveness and freedom from our sins now and then all through eternity. The gift of God of forgiveness that we can't earn, you, you can't do things to get it, it's given, it's the gift. The wonderful thing about our God, that in our sins that he loved us so much that he would die on a cross and shed his blood to give us the gift of forgiveness, amen. I mean, all are thankful for his forgiveness. Let me see, amen. So we partake this morning of the cup representative of the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness of our sins. Let's partake this morning. Now, I know the, the team's got two or three more songs to do, but before they do that, just you right where you're at in your own words. I, I think it's wonderful in unity that we sing songs together. You know what I mean? It brings us together, unified. But I also like in the house the personal expression of praise and worship. Just for a minute, out of your own words, out of your own heart, I just want you to raise your hands up and praise him and worship him. Lord, we praise you this morning. And we worship you. We thank you, Jesus. Just express it. Speak it out from the overflow of thanksgiving in your heart for what he's done for you. 
You know your story. You know what you've been through. You know what he's brought you through. You know what he's forgiven you of. Thank him for that. Worship him for that. We praise you, Jesus, and we worship you. We thank you so much for your forgiveness, your mercy, your patience, your strength, your wisdom, for all the times you brought us through, for all the times that you carried us, even the times you dragged us, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for putting up with us in your patience while we're learning and we're growing, Lord. We thank you so much that you love us, that you love us so much. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you this morning. We praise you. In Jesus' name.
Well, it's good to have you this morning and uh, tithe and offering time. And uh, I, ho I hope it's a, a cheerful time, a cheerful time, because God loves a what kind of giver? Cheerful giver. Amen. L listen, as a church, we, as a church, we invite you to give every week in, in accordance with the scripture, but we don't, we don't beat you over it. We don't tell you if you don't give, you can't come in the door. Not like that, because then that's not cheerfully giving. It needs to be an attitude of your heart, a willingness to give. And, and, and all the things that happen because of our obedience and the things we're taught in our giving are so far reaching. But we just we just want people, if they give, to give with a cheerful heart. In a, in a wonderful response to the Creator God who is our provider in all things. And how many know God is your provider? Let me see. Okay, amen. So I'm just going to pray over it this morning. And if you have something today, you may bring it forward. Lord, we thank you 
for an opportunity to continue our, our worship and our giving today. And I, I pray, Lord, that as we give and we're living by faith, it's drawing us closer to you and you're revealing yourself in so many different ways. And certainly that we stand in the fact that you are a provider and our giving's a response to that, Lord. You're teaching us so many things in our giving. And I pray that we're growing and we're learning and we're becoming what you intend us to be as we follow you and do the things that your word is asking us. So as we give today, live by faith, but living in you. And that's what living by faith is all about. In Jesus' name. And you all say, amen. amen. All right, if you have something this morning, you can bring it down. I just have a, a couple quick announcements and then we'll get on with the word today. Um, next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday. next Sunday. We have our annual vision casting day. So what's going to happen is uh, we did this about a year ago. We're, we're doing it again next week, obviously. Uh, service is going to end up a tad shorter next week. Uh, we're going to order in a bunch of pizza and we're going to hang out. I'm just going to update you on everything that's going on with the church. So if, if this is your church home, I invite you to stay. We'll, we'll invite it, uh, get enough pizza out here for everybody. Um, we're going to update you on all the finances, where the finances stand after the purchase of the building and where things stand financially going forward. Uh, we're going to update you on some vision things, some next steps we want to do as a church as uh, we're headed towards the things that God is leading us, I believe. Uh, we'll update you on, on renovations that are happening. We're, we're headlong into I know we still have some things to finish up here but we're headlong running into the renovation of our kids' church. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. And so, so different things like that. So I would say probably about 25 to 30 minutes of updates. And uh, so hang around for that if you want to. Then right after that, uh, some people have been asking me for a while about doing some sort of a game time. So playing games together, hanging out. So if you're interested in that, uh, when the vision casting's over, they're gonna hang out and play some games. If you wanna know what kind of games, talk to either Kelly or Samara. I'm not sure, Felicia's shaking her head no, still not Felicia. And what, what they did ask though, I'm assuming they'll hang out for a little while, so if you wanna bring some sort of snack or whatever, that we'll, we'll store it in the kitchen and then uh, when the vision casting's over and people that don't wanna stay head out, they'll break some snacks out, play some games, just hang out for a while, sound good? So that's next Sunday. And then uh, another announcement is August 29th, which is two weeks from today, there is a youth event at 3 p.m. right here. Uh, fifth to twelfth grade it's gonna be hangout time I think they're doing some Olympic inspired games that day just to have some fun so that's fifth to twelfth grade on the 29th 3 p.m. right here if you have questions about that see Josh he had to head out to work today so uh, he'll be here Wednesday so if you have more questions you can see him other than that that's all I got so if you got your Bibles you may break them out thank you Chamberlain our worship team works so hard and do a good job don't they amen and uh, Psalm 23 is where we are. Started last week. We'll be there today, next week. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. The Psalms. I encourage you to spend time in the Psalms. First of all, uh, I encourage you to be a person who reads the Bible. Okay, let's just start there. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't encourage you just to read the Bible. I encourage you in a certain way to study the Bible. In other words, uh, take your time in it. Uh, read contextually. 
In other words, you, there's a verse in the Bible that read contextually around it. You guys remember literature classes in high school where it taught you to read in context and things like that. So take your time in Scripture. Uh, don't think you've got to burn through Scripture and, and just read chunks and read it fast. Take your time, read contextually, but spend time in the Bible. Whatever works for your schedule, spend time in it. If you, it, it it's okay to use devotions if you, if you want uh, something to help guide you in the Word, or simply just a chapter a day in each of the Testaments and let it sit in on you. But the goal of the Word is not just to be head knowledge, but sink into here. And we say that a lot, okay, to get here. So in other words, uh, in, in my uh, degrees that I have, I, I had some professors that I'm pretty positive knew a whole lot about the Bible, but man, were they saved? I don't know. Does that make sense? You, you can know, but, but is the word getting here? So you got to take enough time that the word gets here. It's not just here, okay? And Psalms, the Psalms is one of the great places to do that because the Psalms, uh, they, they have so much of the raw human emotion in them. These, these were the writers of Psalms. Obviously, David wrote a lot. Real-time experiences and their interaction with God in the moments of struggle, at times of fearing for their life and different things like this. So I would encourage you even to read a psalm a day. Uh, it kind of teaches us how to deal with our moments and the emotions of our moments. But the psalms most generally always lead us towards this thing saying something like, yet yeah, I will praise him, yet yeah, he is my God. Okay? Now, by the way, Jesus knew the Psalms, you know that? Remember on the cross, uh, he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know the scriptures say that? Do you know that's the opening line of Psalm 22? He's quoting a psalm when he was on the cross. So Jesus knew the Psalms, the, the Psalms were the prayer and the psalm book of, of the Jewish uh, people, but also the early church. So the Psalms are very much well-tread trails of prayer and worship. So, so when you uh, read a psalm, by the way, don't read the psalms. I encourage you to pray the psalms. So I have a prayer book, all right, that, that uh, I have scriptures that I pray. Oh, by the way, all, all prayers should be rooted in scripture in some manner. Right? Now, you can pray a lot of things, but, but this should always be rooted in something in scripture, a promise of God, a way of God. You see what I'm getting at? That way, even when you feel like you're ab-libbing, it's still based and founded in him. So I have a prayer book that, that's full of scriptures that I pray. I don't just read the scriptures. I don't just try to know the scriptures, but I pray the scriptures too. So there's like uh, three or four psalms that I pray regularly that are in the scriptures. Like Psalm 103 is a, a, a scripture that I pray. I don't just say it, but I pray it. You know, bless the Lord, all my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives our sins and heals our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion, right? So pray these things because these are things of the word that should be getting into right here, okay? So Psalm 23, I think, is a psalm that you should be praying. Psalm 23 should be on your tongue and your lips in proclamation consistently. Now, tradition says David wrote Psalm 23. I think that's, that, that's pretty much uh, agreed upon. The timing of when David wrote this is in speculation. The, the Psalms don't necessarily have dates in specific situations, although uh, there are several Psalms where they know specific situations that they were written in. But um, most believe it's 
David wrote Psalm 23 in a time of trouble in his life. Either when he was fleeing from Saul, Saul which would be early on, uh, or most think uh, because of the maturity that the psalm contains, probably later and possibly when he was fleeing from Absalom. How many know the story of Absalom in the Bible? So Absalom, his son, wants to take over the kingdom and almost succeeds in doing so to the point that David and those close to him are fleeing. Okay, so David is losing his kingdom. He is possibly even facing the loss of his life, physical life. Everything that he has been living and everything that that was going on and and all the things that we know in the anointing that he was given and promised from God, it seems that he's losing it all. And if that is the context, if that is the context of Psalm 23, that means a lot. You think about if David's in such a time of hardship that he would sit down and pen something that starts off, the Lord is my shepherd. You, you, see, you see the maturity and calmness right there? You, you, you can think about life being crazy and spastic and all these things happening and it just seems unsettled. And all of a sudden you go, the Lord is my shepherd. It kind of goes, whoo, and just brings it down, right? I shall not want. So the Lord, if you read in your, your Bibles, most of them, uh, the word Lord is capitalized. That, that is uh, saying the word behind that is Yahweh. Yahweh, I am the all-encompassing God, the creator God, uh, the God in his fullness, sovereign and divine, his proper name, that Lord. The Lord is, and we keyed on this last week, my if you, if you notice in the Psalm 23, a lot of me, my, and I, very personal. Now, we know, we know the corporate calling and the corporate salvation of God, and he's making all things new, but you know personally you're a part of that. God, and we say this so much, and I want you to catch this, God, if you allow him to be, is intensely personal, very personal. The Lord is my shepherd, mine. Not that I own him, not that he belongs to me, but what that designates is an intensely personal connection and relationship. Lord, he's my shepherd, me, my, I, me. And he cares so much that David likens him in imagery to a shepherd. And David, calling back to his days as a shepherd, he remembers how he cared for the sheep and how he protected the sheep and how he looked out for the sheep. And we know that, that the New Testament, the book of John, Jesus declares himself as the good shepherd, right? And then the parables that he would leave the 99 to go get the one that was lost, right? That's the kind of shepherd we have. The Lord, the great God, the great creator God is my personal caretaker. He is my personal protector. And the thing about the shepherds is they never left the sheep alone. They were always with them. When they're out in the fields, they slip in the fields with them. Remember the whole story of of Jesus being born and the angels talking to the shepherds who were out in their fields at night? Remember that whole story? Why? The shepherds always were with the sheep. That's the kind of God that you have, that he is always with you. Now, question. How many of you have ever felt like he was not there? 
guess what? Even when you don't feel it, he's there. Even when you don't sense it, he's there. Don't live your Christian life based on your feelings. He will touch your emotions and your feelings will get involved. But moments where it feels like it's dry and there's just a season where it's just not going on, it's not working, God is there and he's working even when you don't see it. Even when you don't understand it, the shepherd is with you because he's intensely personal. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yes, he's my great provider. I shall not want. As a matter of fact, he makes me lie down. He makes me do stuff. He knows what's best for me. The creator who made you, that in his omnipotence knows all things, and his sovereignty, all things are in him and through him and by him and for him, knows what's best for you. So he makes you lie down in green pastures, places of provision, places of safety, places of comfort, places of rest, and quiet waters, which is the same. As a matter of fact, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He restores your what? Your soul. That, that is the base of who you are. That, that encompasses, then it leads out to the entirety of your being. He restores you. That is the great work of God is the restoration of man in relationship with him. Bringing us out of our, our mess and our sin and all the things that tangle us and bind us. and all He brings us out. He restores us. And in that, he takes us, again, green pastures in quiet waters, rest. Here's what I know. Why are we talking about Psalm 23? Because I believe right now in this season, it's been for a while, and it's a, it's a message that sh should never leave the church. We should be consistently talking about this. But in this season where we've been as a society for a long time, the church needs to be giving a message of peace. Because life is crazy. It's disjointed. It's up and down. You can be going through personal stuff that has nothing to do with what's happening in greater society. And all of a sudden, you throw what's happening with greater society in the mix, and it's just a lot of mess, a lot of worry, a lot of confusion, a lot of decision-making. And in the midst of it, we need to hold fast to the fact that in the middle of the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me, because he knows what's best for me, makes me lie down in green pastures beside quiet waters. And he is restoring my soul. As a matter of fact, he's leading me, if I'll follow him, in paths of righteousness. That all life should be built upon. Why? For his namesake. In other words, God will live up to who he is for his namesake. God is faithful for his namesake. He won't let you down for his namesake. He will hold true to who he is for his namesake. Amen. So that leads us to today. When we talked about that last week. But even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's today. Next week, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love or goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. By the way, two, two great images that we see in Psalm 23 is obviously God the shepherd 
but thank God the preparer of a great feast. That's next week. How many of y'all like to eat? Yes. Okay, but there's a spiritual feast that we get with him, and we'll talk about that next week. So today, even though I walk through, David walked through a lot of stuff. You read the story of his life. He walked through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that wasn't of his own making, then he did some dumb stuff too. And he ended up walking in his life through situations. He walked through some things. How many of y'all ever been through some stuff? Okay, how many of you have been through some stuff that was just circumstances and you had nothing to do with it? And you were just there. You were dealt the hand and that's what's... How many of you also have created your own situations? Okay, let's be honest. But even though I walk through, I am going through something. That's life. Now, we talked about this in our series, Dealing with Struggle on Wednesdays. Just because you're a Christian, it does not exempt you from the troubles of life. I wish it was not that way, but it's the way it is. You're not stuck in a bubble that keeps life from happening to you. It still happens to you because we live in a messed up world. And the kingdom of a now and not yet is not finalized, so there's still the possibility of mourning and tears, and pain, and struggle, trouble. Sometimes we walk through some things. As a matter of fact, maybe in the context, maybe it's, it's David, again, fleeing from Absalom, maybe it was fleeing from Saul, whatever. David was in the midst of something that he called it the valley of the shadow of death. And I don't know, that just sounds like a dark place. It sounds like a place, now, now see, I've done some hiking, so I've been on the mountains, and sometimes when you, you got to get, you got to go through some valleys to get up. It could, depending on what's in that valley, it could be a lot of shade, you know, maybe, maybe the way the rocks are formed, it hides the sun. The valley can be a dark place. David was experiencing these dark places in his life where possibly the lurking threat of real death was there. Physical death was there. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We live in a world that's marked by death because of sin. And we experience things in this life because of that. And there are times in life where we feel like it seems like we're in a dark valley. And it's easy to fear. You ever been running around in the dark anywhere? When I was a youth pastor way long ago, we used to play capture the flag in the dark. Not the bestest of ideas, okay? When you're running around, you're running, you're, how long do you play capture the flag? Okay, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Two teams, and they have something that's considered a flag, an object, and they go hide it somewhere, and the object of the team is there's either a tagging system or something, where the object of the team is to get the other team's flag and bring it back to your flag, and whoever does that wins. So there's a lot of teenagers running full speed in the dark. Not a good idea. Collisions, running into things. I had a kid, you ever see the telephone poles with the big wires holding them up? I had a kid running full speed and hit that thing, boom. He had this big, huge red line down his, his chest. It's, it's not a good idea. You can get lost in the dark, discombobulated in the dark. It's easy to be fearful. In the, it's easy to feel alone in the dark. It's easy for fear 
to creep up in you when you feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death. It's easy to feel like God is not with you when you're there. When things don't to be see, seem to be working out, it seems like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and coming back. When nobody, It feels like nobody is with you, even though you've got friends and you come to church and you go to small group and you do all these things, but yet I'm alone. You, you feel like you're alone. Fear can have its place and, and do some things in your life if you're not careful. Fear can be paralyzing. Fear can steal your faith. Fear can keep you in a state of anxiety and worry. It's easy to fear in the valley of the shadow of death. But what David has learned, and, and it seems sometimes this ends up being the focal point of this psalm, but even if I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, David learned that he doesn't have to fear. Why? Because even when he's there, he has learned that God is where? Where's God? With him. It's easy to be there and forget that. To focus on your circumstances, your trials, your struggles, what's not working out. But the whole time, if you will catch it in faith and remember that in the midst of this, God has not left you he hasn't forgotten about you. He is right there in the valley with you as much as he's with you on the mountaintop. And you have to recall that to your mind. Because what happens is, and faith in God deals with the fear that the valley of shadow of death is trying to bring on your life. And all the results of that, God deals with it. For I will not fear because... God is with me. Now, your personal situation, what may be going on, or maybe it's just this general thing that's happening with society, and you know what I'm talking about. Don't fear. God is with you. God doesn't leave you. The shepherd always stays with the sheep, never leaves them. And because the shepherd is always with the sheep, therefore with the sheep is always protection and care and comfort. And whatever you need in the valley, God will provide if you look to him. And don't get so, so uh, anxiety and, and, and uh, worry-oriented that you forget it. Then allow that to drive you instead of the fact that God is with you to drive you. Because the whole thing about walking through is you are actually walking through. That you don't stay there. You don't sit up camp and hang out. But you're walking through. You're going through. In other words, whenever you go through something, there's always another side. You go through the valley, you're going to end up climbing a little bit, and eventually you'll have a mountaintop experience with God. Amen. But he's going to take you through. Even at times you feel like you get knocked over, keep crawling. Don't stop. God's with you. Man, you're going to get up and you're going to see it. And when, maybe it's dark enough that, that you can just barely make out. Some, maybe you realize you fell and your knees got bloodied up. That's okay. We're all going to get to the end with a lot of bloody knees for the times that we fell down. But you know what? We got back up because God was with us and he helped us. And we go through and we keep going. Well, we can because God's with you. Now, if God was not with you, you couldn't. 
Those valleys of the shadow of death will swallow you up. And you'll become so lost and disoriented, you just end up staying there. There are people that get stuck in the valleys of the shadow of death and never get out. Amen. That's not God's intention. God's intention is that you walk through it. And he is going to take you through. How many believe that? Who, let me see. Who believes that? Yeah. For even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That, the rod, you ever see a shepherd's got the shepherd crook, the hook thing? Or it didn't have to be a hook thing. It's got a rod and a staff. What is that? That is a symbol of strength. The, the, the rod and the staff, it was used to guide sheep. It was used to ward off predators, the, the, the wolf, the lion, the bear, those kind of things. But God in his strength has what he needs to comfort you even if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. So I want to I read you some scripture of some encouragement. So let's go to Isaiah 41.10. Great prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 41.10, this is a comfort to Israel. Fear not. Everybody say, fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. This kind of echoes Psalm 23. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. That, that, that should be a portion of Scripture be in your prayer book. That you pray this. Fear not, for God is with me. I'm not going to fear. And I'm not going to fear because he's right here with me. And, and the righteousness of who he is, his, his strength of his right hand, he's going to uphold me in the midst of anything happening in my life. Psalm 46. Let's go back to another psalm. Psalm 46. In verse number 1. This, this psalm is marked that it was a song. They sang this, this, this psalm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Amen. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. God's our refuge and strength. And if the whole earth is disintegrating before our eyes, we will not fear. Amen. Amen. I want to keep reading this song. I like this one. Verse 4. In the midst of all that, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The, the nations rage. The kingdoms totter. It, doesn't that seem like happens so much in history. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, right? Things that man makes, it eventually falls apart. But he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he's brought desolations on the earth. He makes war seas at the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. In the midst of all this, watch this. Be still. 
and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And you got to take these things in your heart and let them settle you and bring assurance to yourself that God is who he is. And doesn't matter what's happening in the world around us, he stays faithful. Amen. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. John 14, let's, let's go to the book of John, last one. There's so much. We could spend a couple of hours doing this, I'm sure. John 14, Jesus in, in talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit has this to say. John 14, 27, I'm sorry. So Jesus is getting ready to ascend. He's talking about the coming Holy Spirit. He says, if peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be afraid. But Jesus is wanting to give you peace. And by the way, he sends the Holy Spirit to make sure this is happening. If you'll let him do his work. I want to encourage you today. No matter what is going on, take a step back. No matter what you're seeing in your personal life, no matter what's happening on the news, no matter what you're reading, no matter what you're hearing, no matter what somebody's saying to you, that could be personally or, or big picture, take a step back. The Lord is my shepherd. And let that settle in on you. The great God is my shepherd. I am not going to want. There is no thing that God will leave me without. He's going to do what's best for me if I follow him. Do what's best for me. He's going to make me lie down. Green pastures and quiet waters, places of comfort and rest and contentment and peace. He's not going to leave me. As a matter of fact, if I follow him, he's going to take me in paths of righteousness, where I should be, where he's taking me as part of the restoration of my soul. He restores my soul. Then he leads me in these paths of righteousness for where I can live life from in, in the abundance of who he is. And even if some reason, somehow, some way of a circumstance, I end up in a place like the valley of the shadow that is dark and I feel alone, I'm going to remember that he's with me. And it's going to be all right because he's going to help me walk through to the other side. He's not going to leave me. He's going to get me through. And I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to be overcome by my situation. No matter how hard it is, no matter how big it is, even if it doesn't seem to be a way, he's going to lead me. He's going to get me through because on the other side of this is a feast that he has prepared for me. Even in the presence of my enemies, there's going to be a feast. And at the end of this thing, goodness and love, follow me. And I'm going to dwell where? In this house of presence with him forever.
Have peace today. Peace I give you, as the scriptures say. Receive that. Live in that. I'm, I'm telling you, you, you memorize these songs, and the first moment of trouble in your heart, you go, whoa, 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 time out. The Lord's my shepherd. This thing happens, whoa, 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 time out, time out. Valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear. God is still here, amen? Can, can we live in that? Can we pray it? By the way, don't wait till you get in the valley of shadow of death. Pray these things before you get there. It'll help you when you get there. Don't be a convenient Christian just crying out when you need it. You need him every day, even on your best day you need him. Don't wait till your worst day to try to get him. But let's live in the assurance and the peace of the fact that God is our shepherd. All right, let's pray. Well, when I'm done praying, by the way, Margaret and I will hang out here for just a minute. If you'd like prayer today about anything, you're welcome to come down, and we'll join in faith with you and pray. Okay? So that, that's an option every, every time we're together, by the way. Lord, we just thank you for the assurance of who you are in the midst of everything that's happening. Though the earth gives way and the mountains melt into the seas, we will not fear, for you are simply with us. And the God who made it and the God who ordained it is the God who sustains us. And the God who made it, even though we messed it up, is the God who's redeeming it, and he's restoring it, and he's making all things new, and we're in on it. So I pray for each one of us today. We have assurance in our heart. We have peace in our hearts. I pray uh, for those that are struggling with their anxiety and worry. They find rest in you. For you're the only fullness where they can find it. Peace that passes all understanding. I pray for those that may have fear in their life in the moment that their faith in you, it drives out that fear. Love growing in you. Your love for them and their love growing in you, Lord, drives out fear. Lord, thank you for walking us through these valleys and not leaving us. Thank you for the feast on the other side, the feast of the kingdom. Lord, be with each one of us in a way that, that we, we just know it and we experience it and we live in it. Thank you for being that personal with us. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. amen. All right, so as you go today, Margaret and I will be here just for a minute if you want prayer. If not, we'll see you Wednesday night. We're going to keep on talking about discipleship a little bit on Wednesdays. So come on out Wednesdays next Sunday. Come on back. We'd love to see you. Bring somebody with you.